off and the clock has started. Here we go. Welcome to 2023. Another year of 20 minutes you'll never get back. Here's Doug. Thank you, Amy. (laughs) And yes, this is 20 minutes you'll never get back. My name is still Doug Prezak. It has not changed over the transition from 2022 to 2023. Welcome, everybody. Hope you had a uh, uh, nice holiday, however you celebrated. And uh, New Year's. So, yeah, out here on the West Coast, uh, we watch the ball drop from the East Coast feed at 9 o'clock our time. It's just a lot easier. (laughs) None of that nonsense thing up till midnight. Did anybody go to uh, to, uh, any of those exciting New Year's Eve parties? You know, I watched those people in the rainy Times Square, and I I just wondered why. (laughs) Maybe it's just because I'm old. I don't know. And to start the new year, I was uh, taking a look back at the city and country downloads of this particular podcast, you know, checking to see if Iceland was there. It wasn't. (laughs) But I also saw some new places. You know, of course, I've got my my friends in Germany and France, Lincoln, California, Milpitas and uh, Taylor, Michigan. But yes, there were a couple of new ones on the list. And I love the names. First one is Roclaw in Lower Silesia. Sorry if you're from Lower Silesia. That's in Poland. Uh, there's the Port of Spain. I guess the entire Port of Spain tuned in. And this is my favorite new town name. Chessington in Kingston upon Thames. <laughs> I just love that. Where are you from? I'm from Chessington in Kingston upon Thames. You know, there's 18,000 people there, but someone decided they had 20 minutes to spare. You know, Doug, I have been there. It's quite lovely. In particular, the Chessington Oak Tavern on Bridge Road. Oh, there you go. There's some endorsement from Graham. If you're ever in Chessington in Kingston-upon-Thames, head over to the Chessington Oak Tavern on Bridge Road. (laughs) Hey, but there is something that I noticed this year. It's been going on for many years now, but for some reason, it really smacked me in the face this year. It's the black and red checkered pattern that was everywhere I'm not exactly sure when it happened, but somehow this uh, thing called the Buffalo Plaid moved its way from the, you know, the rustic lumberjack cabins to become the, like the dominant pattern during the holiday season. You can buy a matching pajamas in Buffalo Plaid for everyone in the family, including a dog. And I know this personally because I've seen it in my family. You can also get uh, burlap and Buffalo Plaid garland and wreaths and decorate your house there. You know, this stuff is everywhere. But from whence forth did this plaid come to be? Well, my New Year friends, you know what I did between the holidays. That's right. I did some research so you could enjoy your New Year's Eve. For those of you not in the United States, I don't know how when you guys celebrate the holidays or Christmas, whatever, if you uh, experience the red and black checkered pattern, but uh, it is all over here. So what is the deal with buffalo plaid? Well, if you're unfamiliar with buffalo plaid, and how many times can I say buffalo plaid in this podcast? Anyway, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's traditionally a red and black fabric that's uh, consisting of like two colored yarns woven into stripes to create large intersecting blocks. That's the definition. Although the name buffalo plaid might trick you into thinking it's an American invention with a little digging, I found out that buffalo plaid is actually the McGregor red and black tartan. (laughs) You see, 
In Scotland, the pattern is associated with the folk hero Rob Roy McGregor. Now, even though there's actually no evidence that he ever wore this particular tartan, the pattern there is often referred to simply as the Rob Roy. So, okay, you ask, how did the Rob Roy pattern make its way from the British Isle to the United States? Well, some historians point out that the story goes like this. There was a frontiersman from the Highlands in Scotland who was a descendant of Rob Roy, and his name was Big Jock McCluskey. Now, McCluskey was a celebrated outdoorsman who helped settle Montana and the Dakotas in the late 19th century. According to legend and the Scottish Tartan Authority, so you know this is legitimate, McCluskey was quite a character who sympathized with the native people. He befriended folks from many tribes as he worked as a trader offering finished goods for buffalo pelts and other items. Now, according to stories, the Native Americans prized the heavy Scottish blankets in the McGregor red and black. They believed the plaid got its red color from the sorcerer's hex, a dye distilled from the spirit, blood, and ghostly souls of McCluskey's prey and enemies, and, as a result, is said to bring good luck in battle. Now, again, according to legend, the Sioux and Cheyenne warriors did business with McCluskey, in turn called the blankets buffalo plaid due to his trading for, you got it, the buffalo pelts. The Native Americans also couldn't pronounce the Scottish Gaelic word for blanket, which is plaidger. Instead, they referred to the blankets as plaids. So that's how it got its name? Well, again, what would this podcast be without some controversy, right? There are a couple of other theories to the origin of the buffalo plaid. One is that Jock McCloskey, you know, from the clan McGregor, was also the proud owner of a herd of buffalo. That just seems pretty cut and dried. The other is that eventually the buffalo plaid made its way up to the northeast to the Woolrich Woolen Mill. In 1850, the Woolrich founder John Rich traveled throughout Pennsylvania in a mule cart selling the warm flannel shirts to wives of lumberjacks. Coincidentally, he was also the owner of a buffalo herd, giving the pattern its name Buffalo Plaid. <laughs> There you go. Personally, I believe the Native American story, okay? <laughs> but I'm going to let you decide who established the red and black plaid tartan pattern. Rob Roy and the Clan McGregor, or Jock McCluskey, who brought the U.S., or John Rich, who clearly ripped it off. But here's another question for you. Is plaid just another name for a tartan? Well, many of you more experienced weavers out there probably already know this, but all tartans are plaids. However, not all plaids are tartans. <laughs> Both plaids and tartans are woven of stripes that meet at 90 degree angles. Tartans have an identical pattern of stripes running vertically and horizontally, resulting in overlapping squares of grids. Regular plaids are not necessarily the same in both directions, with variation in color, size, and pattern or stripes. In addition, tartan is almost always woven in a two over two twill pattern, <laughs> whatever the hell that is, which forms the illusion of new colors blended from the original ones. Well, as we already know, the word plaid comes from the Gaelic word for blanket, and it's used to describe a large kind of kilt worn over the shoulder and not the fabric pattern itself. It's hard to say how much of the history of the buffalo plaid is true and how much is legend, but we can say 
is that the pattern is an iconic Christmas one. Lastly, how did plaid, once associated with Paul Bunyan and Lumberjacks, become the unofficial plaid of Christmas? Well, the association of the tartan, the buffalo plaid, with Christmas is mainly because of the Scots and their love of celebrating the winter solstice in the cold, all wrapped up in their plaid, or blankets. Scottish immigration at the end of the 18th century contributed to plaid gaining more popularity in the United States. The buffalo plaid has become a symbol of comfort and warmth, which is why it's popular in the winter holidays. (laughs) Everything you want to know about the buffalo plaid, and probably a whole lot you really didn't want to know. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Whether you wear it or you decorate with it or you hang it up or you wrap packages with it or you subject your dog to it. Now you know how Buffalo Plaid came to be. (laughs) You can thank Big Jock McCloskey for that. (laughs) Well, I think it's time to take a break because when we come back, the real point, the real point of this podcast is some news stories I'm guessing you probably missed. You know, they didn't exactly make uh, the ABC or BBC headlines, but these are some stories from 2022. So don't go away. In every land on every acre, you hear them praising Studebaker, the car they want to drive in 55. Far more beauty than you've ever seen, brand new power like you've never seen. See the Studebaker for 55. So take a tip and take a ride in it, let her rip, you seem to glide in it, what a pip, you'll feel such pride in it, here's the reason why. Yes, the big new Studebaker is the 55 star, America's big new value buy. So if you want the car that's made for you, if you want a perfect trade for you, see the Studebaker for 55. Well, that was a happy little way to get 2023 going, wasn't it? (laughs) Now, for those of you, let's see, uh, probably 92% of anybody listening to this podcast, Studebaker used to be a car, (laughs) a big car. (laughs) Sadly, I remember them. (laughs) After all that, Buffalo stuff and Studebaker. Now it's time to get to the real topic of the show. (laughs) News you might have missed in 2022. Now, for some of you, you've probably been following these stories since the news first broke. (laughs) You're on it. But for the rest of us, these are some stories that just didn't make the front headlines, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So here we go. This is what happened in 2022. This happened in uh, Paris in, in November. Undertaker Isabelle Plumereau, she cycled around Paris on her new invention, the bicycle hearse. <laughs> she hopes it will bring a new, quote, green way of conducting funerals to the French capital. It's quieter, environmentally conscious. Burials are a small but growing trend. And Plumereau says transporting the coffin with a specially designed cargo bike can make the funeral a bit more down-to-earth. Bicycle hearses already exist in a few other countries, including Switzerland and Denmark, but hearse would be... (laughs) Freudian slip. But hers would be a first in France. 
She adds, everyone walks at the same pace behind a bicycle hearse and we hear each other. We hear the sounds of nature all around us. In my view, this is the best way to console yourself. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, this one is uh, also from November in the UK. All right. Police broke down the doors of a London art gallery to save a woman slumped unconscious over a table. Well, it turns out the lifeless woman they've been trying to save was in fact an art installation entitled Christina, which is on display at the London Gallery. They discovered Christina was made of packing tape and a foam filler. <laughs> the uh, work was commissioned by Steve Lazarides, 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 who cares, who was Banksy's former agent and the dealer at the Laz Emporium. A worker in the gallery had just locked up and gone upstairs to make a cup of tea. She came down to find the door off its hinges and two confused police officers. London's Metropolitan Police were responding to a call about a person in distress at the gallery. Officers forced their way into the address where they uncovered the person was in fact a mannequin. The installation features a woman wearing trainers, that's tennis shoes, and a yellow hoodie slumped face forward in a bowl of soup her long blonde hair concealing her face. This next story comes from Idaho. A serial world record breaker, David Rush, he teamed up with a neighbor to earn the title for the most toots of a party blower in one minute. Rush has broken more than 250 Guinness World Records, get a life, to promote STEM education, and he previously attempted to break the record on two separate occasions with collaborators, but each attempt was disqualified for various reasons. <laughs> what goes wrong with party hornblower tooting? <laughs> anyway, Rush teamed up with a friend's daughter for his latest attempt at breaking the record of 78 toots, which was set by British duo Radzi Chinyanganya and Greg James in 2018. The record has rules including each toot must extend the blower to a full nine inches. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I'm sorry. And the participants may not touch their blowers at the same time. Oh, God. Rush and his partner set the record with a qualifying run of 86 toots. This is from uh, back in June, in case you, uh, you missed it, in uh, Switzerland. Ceylon, Ceylon, S-A-I-L-L-O-N. Anyway, it's in Switzerland. Swiss concept artist brothers Frank and Patrick Ricklin have created a zero-star hotel installation. <laughs> Take that, Yelp. Their hotel is essentially a double bed on a platform with two bedside tables and lamps. There are no walls, no ceiling, no doors to provide any privacy or shelter. They have set up their Null Stern Suite. That's German for zero stars, by the way. They set it up on a roadside next to a gas station in the village of Seyon in the southern Swiss canton of Valais. They say the intention is to make guests think about the problems in the world and inspire them to act differently. Guests are invited in their half-sleep to consider topics like climate change, war, and humanity's endless quest for perfection and the damage it causes the planet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking in a hotel with no doors, no walls, no ceiling, out on a platform. <laughs> Frank says, quote, sleep is not the point. What's important is reflecting about the current world situation. 
Brother Patrick added, in a nutshell, now is not the time to sleep. We have to react. <laughs> oh, trust me, you're not sleeping. Uh, oh, shoot. They're only available from July to September. I'm sorry. Oh, and the price for the uh, imperfect night's sleep is 325 Swiss francs or $337. Oddity Central uh, reported earlier this year that a 31-year-old man in Seoul, South Korea, has been ordered to pay his ex-girlfriend $1,150 after an argument ended with him urinating into her Louis Vuitton handbag. What? The incident took place in October as the couple argued about her spending habits. The uh, spiteful boyfriend took her bag, unbuttoned his pants, and, well, he just let loose in the bag as the woman looked on. He later tried to cover up the evidence by pouring liquid deodorant into the bag, but DNA tests confirmed the presence of urine and tied it to him, and then he confessed. This next story was from uh, September of last year, and it comes out of Amsterdam. It says here that Kent Clinics in Amsterdam is noted for treating anxiety, phobias, and PTSD. Now, if you're looking for a job, this one may be the one for you if you have this talent. They posted a job opening for someone who's able to uh, uh, vomit at will. <laughs> Poor Will. <laughs> The person who fills the part-time position will help patients who have a fear of vomiting. <laughs> They're replacing a previous employee who retired. <laughs> One hopeful applicant gushed, Now I can finally share my art. Vomiting on com <laughs> command. <laughs> art? This uh, uh, next story comes from uh, where I grew up. It's in my hometown in Alameda County, California. You may no longer engage in wild cow milking. <laughs> what the? the event is often seen at rodeos and it's now illegal. In case you're not a rodeo fan, wild cow milking involves two people who try to corral a loose cow and then milk it. <laughs> That's something you won't see on Yellowstone. <laughs> the event is not sanctioned by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association. County Supervisor Richard Valley introduced the ordinance and said, quote, animals don't get a chance to speak. Who speaks for them? <laughs> Nobody, I guess you. Another supervisor thought the state or federal government should actually regulate wild cow milking. <laughs> I had no idea this was a problem <laughs> and i'm running out of time in my 20 minutes so let's uh, close it out with this does anybody out there uh, play wordle you know that game out there that everybody's playing you know it's a it's a morning ritual in this household my executive producer she is a wordle savant for example she'll play a word and it comes back with a yellow a and the rest of them are all gray and you know what that means it means you got one letter right but it's in the wrong position She'll look at it, think for about 10 seconds, and then she'll say, I've got it. It's amino. <laughs> and damn, if she's not right, what the hell? I'm still trying to think of a five-letter word with an A in it. <laughs> God. Well, let's officially close out 2022 with this. These were the top 10 hardest Wordle words of the year. Did any of these uh, drag you down? The uh, top 10 list was compiled using research conducted by the gaming website imapuzzle.com. In order of their difficulty, according to everybody who failed, <laughs> number 10 is the word tacit, T-A-C-I-T. -T. It was Wordle 246. This word stumped 10% of the players with 30% of the players saving their streak on their sixth guess. Word number nine was the word found. That was number 282. 
14% of the players did not guess this word correctly and probably because eight different words end in O-U-N-D. And that's a number that exceeds the uh, six guesses. Number eight is the word trite, T-R-I-T-E, wordle number 396. This word was guessed incorrectly by 15% of the players with a further 23% only guessing it correctly on the sixth try. Number seven was the word coyly, C-O-Y-L-Y as wordle number 409. This word led to 15% of the players failing to guess it correctly. Y is one of the least used letters in the English language and it appears not once but twice in this word, which may have caught many players. Meanwhile, 35% of the players had close calls with this one, taking it a full six guesses. Number six, cater, C-A-T-E-R, Wordle 270. 15% of the players failed to guess this word. Cater probably confused Wordle fans as there are many different words ending in T-E-R and that probably caused players to guess and hope for the best. Number five, mummy, M-U-M-M-Y, Wordle 491. You might think mummy would be easy guess, but the triple M makes this word particularly cruel for Wordle fans. 18% of players failed this challenge and a hefty 37% of players needed all six guesses to save their streaks. We're getting to the end here. Number four, the word watch. Yeah, W-A-T-C-H. Wordle 265, 20% of players failed to guess watch and subsequently ended their streak. It also doesn't help that W is one of the least used letters in the English language, taking up only 1.2% of common English vocabulary words. Number three is catch. C-A-T-C-H, Wordle 483. This one may appear easy, but 23% of players failed to guess it correctly. The word is also quite similar to the previous uh, number four on the list and may have derailed a lot of people because of that. Number two, the word foyer or foyer, depending how fancy you are, F-O-Y-E-R, Uh, is Wordle number 304. This Wordle conundrum was tweeted in masses as thousands of streaks suddenly came to an end. Devastatingly, 26% of players failed to guess this word, making Fourier, Foyer, Fourier, however you want to say it, a formidable one in the Wordle history books. And here it is, number one. The word is Perer. P-A-R-E-R, Wordle 454, 48% of players failed within six guesses. Pairer is the one word with the highest failure rate. This word stumped players with many taking to Twitter to convey their heartbreak about their lost streaks to the Wordle community. And with that, let's wrap up the first episode for 2023. But before we go, you know what we have to do. What did we learn? Well, we learned that there's no real evidence that Rob Roy McGregor actually wore the Rob Roy plaid named after him. We learned that for $337, you can sleep in a hotel room with no walls next to a highway and a gas station. (laughs) And we learned that if you need any help with your Wordle puzzle, just ask my executive producer, uh, not me. (laughs) That will do it for this episode. I think it's number 108, and I'll talk to you next time on 20 Minutes you will never get back. Bye-bye.
Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at uh, 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take, take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye.